0: Welcome to Mobile Armor Radio, the podcast for all things Mecca.
1: Alright guys, it's uh, Chopper and Rob here uh, with a special edition of Mobile Armor Radio. Uh, Today we have uh, John Walker. Uh, John, you are the current creator of CAV, I guess. Creator, is that the right kind of word?
2: Well, kind of a continuing. Um, I actually helped work on the original CAV uh, when I worked for Reaper Miniatures.
1: Oh, great. So, uh, John, then, so why don't you uh, give us a quick rundown about your history in gaming. How did you get started in the gaming, and then uh, we'll move into uh, the beginning of CAV.
2: Well, <clears throat> of all things, back in the day, um, I actually found uh, the basic Dungeons & Dragons box set in a walmart of all places back in the day <laughs> and uh this kind of dates me i'm afraid but uh me and my brother dived into that and that was pretty much our uh bread and butter game for a long time um, until i discovered battletech when it very really first came out of course it was originally battle droids. um and we had been watching we lived out in the country so we had uh, satellite at the time, the big eight-foot dishes in the backyard, nice. and we started watching Robotech. Um, it, we got it from some feed out of, I don't know what country it came out of, but so we had to get up at four o'clock in the morning to watch it. <laughs> so, so me and my brother would get up and watch Robotech at four o'clock in the morning and do our cha- chores and then go to school. And so when we first saw Battle Droids, of course, it had the uh, uh, the mechs, uh, from the Robotech series. So that, yeah. that's what drew us into that. Um, so I played Battletech for a long time. Um, I did some work, uh, running tournaments, uh, for FASA. Um, I did some work, uh, with one, um, version of, uh, Mechforce when it was available. Um, and somewhere in the time, um, I went to work for a company, uh, that, uh, one of the original owners, uh, of reaper miniatures worked at and he introduced me to his partners and uh, we uh, became good friends and uh, this was reaper just starting out uh in the garage of a house and uh, later on i started working for him and and uh, did that all through the 90s
1: well uh, what did you do for reaper
2: well originally when everybody starts out there or when in our early days you did everything um, oh. it, it, it was, Casting, polishing, uh, we did a lot of uh, contract work um, for other industries um, as far as casting and things like that. So um, they originally started out with a line of figures that was produced by Heritage Miniatures. I don't know if you're familiar with the original Dungeon Dweller figures that, that came out there. They're pretty much one of the first things that ever came out.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember those.
2: Right, yeah, the funny shaped elves and dwarves and everything. So they had picked up the license and, and was casting those um, at the time. And uh, uh, then they ran into uh, the uh, young lady that owned a magazine called Scry Magazine. This came out right as Magic uh the Gathering hit its, it's uh, heyday. And uh, in cooperation with her, they put out the original Scry Count which is Reaper put that out as a tracking device. It had a wizard's hand in the middle of it with a crystal ball. And they sold those things as, as fast as they could make it. And uh, that led to giving them the opportunity to start working with some more known sculptors. And uh, we put out the dark heaven line of figures. Uh, originally, I think there was eight or 10 figures. Um, Julie Guthrie, uh, Cat, uh, sculpted a bunch of them and we just went from there and never looked back.
1: That's good. And then, so you do, currently you do not work for Reaper, correct?
2: I do not, not as a, as an employee. Um, like I said, I, uh, I left there in the late nineties. Um, but I have stayed uh, in contact with, with them. Uh, me and the owner are best friends and have been for a long, long time. Uh, so I do, I do a lot of stuff for them. Uh, my original degree is in graphic design. Okay. Uh, so, so uh, when I worked for them, I did a lot of, um, uh, of the original um, catalogs and, and logos and things of that nature. Um, yeah, you can
0: tell with the uh, CAV book that you have a background in graphic design because it's amazing to look at. Like it's such nice laid out and how everything looks in that book is it's so much better than a lot of books I've looked through lately.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's my original uh, cup of tea. And that's, that's really when I left Reaper, um, you know, is you can only be uh, one of the lost boys for so long uh, until, <laughs> until you get married and start having kids and, you know, the corporate world calls for you. And, and uh, I left Reaper and went to Tulsa uh, to open up the art department for a big financial company. Up there that I worked for several years. And, uh, but like I said, I did a lot of things, um, on the side still with Reaper. We, I traveled with them across the country to shows. Um, we had actually started working on, uh, while I was still there, we had started working on two games. Um, Ed had originally released a set of rules. It was called Warlord. Um, it was a little small orange and white colored book. Um, that they had used for a long time, and, and after we had put out the, the Dark Heaven line of figures, we looked at doing a more robust set of rules for it. So uh, we had started on a new set of rules for that, and was also going to do a spaceship game of all things at yeah. the time. Um, Ed was always big on spaceships. I was still doing BattleTech. Um, I was a big mech head. Um, I had. Uh, uh, I'm really good friends with the owner of Rafa Miniatures. Um, who, uh, they have the license to do the original heavy gear, uh, figures, the big tall, if you remember the big six or eight inch tall lead. Yeah. <laughs> big, big, big things. So, uh, you know, so I had experience with doing that. So I was a big mech guy and, you know, I played in the back of my mind doing some things, uh, at some point with mechs, but, but like I said, our focus was on the fantasy and a Starship game. Um, and then I left the company uh, before those had, had, had fully realized. Um, and then uh, they had. Uh, then we went ahead. They went ahead and released the Dark Heaven Apocalypse rules. Oh, and, okay. Uh, so I I worked on that and and did the original box, des- uh, box design and, and stuff for that. And uh, I had actually brought in um, at the time uh, Tim Collier. Izzy uh that does a lot of art for them um so I I he I've worked with him to do a lot of the art development for for the Dark Heaven game uh before I left and uh about this time is when um Games Workshop released their I can't remember the name of it so I apologize their Dreadnought Spaceship Game something so oh, about
1: like Battlefield Gothic
2: Yes, where you rolled the dice in the box top or something. I, I forget how that all worked. But, yeah. but anyway, um, uh, so that kind of killed the um, Starship uh, idea at the time because they didn't want to put a set of Starship rules out against um, Games Workshop uh, with their stuff. Sure. So that led into Ed decided to change the rules into a met game. Um, oh, OK, so uh, and that's that became the became CAV, the original set of CAV rules. Um, and we worked on that. And uh, I did. I designed the CAV logo. I did most of the uh, corporation and, and faction logos. And and, uh, and then I did the layout on the original CAV one book um, and did a lot of the art in it and uh, uh, a bunch of uh, background writing and some rules uh, that, that made it into the to that to that game. Um, at that point, I was, uh, got too busy with real life and really couldn't do anything more with it. And, uh, it got handed off to another gentleman that worked for the company for a while. And, and, uh, that's where CAV 2 came out as a second version. Um, but it was not, uh, well received. because nope. sure. uh, It was such a drastic change, uh, from what everybody was used to from the first one. So mm. uh,
1: was, uh, CAV 1, that was hex based, correct?
2: It was not. It, it wasn't. It was, uh, it, it, we put rules in there, um, and actually at my request, uh, when we were working on it, um, I used to do a line of terrain called Battle Hex. Um, and it was a hex-based terrain to use for battle tech games and stuff like that. Um, so when we actually put out the, the first Cav 1, it has rules in there for normal measuring and hex rules. Okay. So, uh, cause at the time, cause we were still, and, and, you know, it was, uh, a, a, a good crossover with the Battletech guys so that they could still use what they had, uh, to, to play without starting all over.
1: All right. So then Cav 2 comes out. Uh, at one point, uh, does it become Talon games then?
2: Well, Cav 2, like I said, it was not, uh, it, it didn't have nearly the response that they had hoped for. Uh, so they really, they had stopped. Uh, going forward with any, um, uh, development for the game at that point. Um, <clears throat> it was such a, 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 departure from the original rule set. They really didn't want to try to flip everything back around and, and the, and the guy that had worked on it, uh, left the company at that point. And, um, but miniatures, the sales on the figures were still good. There was a lot of figures that were out. Um, they were close enough to Battletech. So you got a lot of crossover sales. So they, so they were okay to, to, to keep with the figures, uh, and go along with those. And, uh, so that's pretty much where kind of Cal languished there for several years from about probably 06 to, to 09 into 10. Um, there was a side group that, that put out a couple of, um, uh, licensed, uh, PDFs, um, that, uh, kind of more of a fan-based type project, but it was, Nothing that was officially sponsored by by Reaper. Okay. Uh, about this time, though, um, there was a major shift in the metal industry. Um, gold had got so expensive um, at that point sixteen eighteen hundred dollars an ounce that the guys that traded futures it got to the point where it cost you so much money to make any money trading in gold. So they looked around for other metals that they could buy cheaper and and drive the price up and be able to sell and make money, the, the beautiful capitalistic system that the United States has. <laughs> uh, well, lo and behold, they discovered tin, which is a major metal that we use in the production of figures. Yeah. Um, at the time, and I don't know that that has changed, Indonesia is pretty much the sole provider of tin, uh, in the in the world, and of course, tin is also used to make galvanized steel. So, um, so lo and behold, they managed to drive the price of tin up overnight, about eight or nine times what it was. So, um, I don't remember the exact uh, what it was when it started and what it was when it ended, but it uh, had a major effect on the miniatures companies because we had switched to almost a predominantly all 10 mix because of the lead scare. So uh, uh, metal just went out the roof uh, for, for casting miniatures. So um, <clears throat> cab minis uh, being a little larger and blockier and solid, um, you know, figures that we had been selling for 12 and $14 uh, needed to start going for 25 or $30. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not, uh, a great price point for a game with no rule set and no support. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so the figures kind of languished there for a little bit. Um, about this time, or right after this, of course, we started looking around for, for other alternatives, and that's kind of what grew into the original Bones. Okay. Uh, they had uh, started doing plastic uh, with some pre-painted figures um, and, and, and such like that. And, and, but that, like I said, it just kind of carried over into bones. Right. About that time, um, I had been working on a new rule set of, uh, mech rules that was called rogue Legion. And, uh, I had already put out, um, 20 figures that, uh, that we had sold, uh, and they were more of a, kind of a generic line of mechs. Um, but I was building the game rules around that and, and, uh, one day I'm down in Dallas picking up figures and casting and everything or Denton uh, where Reaper is at and me and Ed are sitting around and he said you know you know I know you're working on these new set of rules but you know we have calf <laughs> we're really not going to do anything with it I, you know I know that you worked on it and uh, uh, was always interested in it and and, and liked it what do you want to do with it so we worked out a deal uh, this was about 2010. Uh, for me to take over the CAV uh, IP and all the figures and related deals with that. Um, we had just, they had just completed uh, the Bones 1 Kickstarter that had just exploded. Um, so while the process, while we were getting, they were getting figures together for that, we sent, we picked eight models, or I picked eight models out and sent those over to have um, molds made of them. And, uh, if you ever, when you're getting around and you see people with white calves, those are, those came out of the original eight moles.
1: Yeah, I got a bunch they, of
2: those. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, that was more of a, let's see if it works for the mix. And, and I was uh, impressed enough with what we got that, uh, we went ahead and developed a Kickstarter for calve, the first one. And uh we did it at that time under the umbrella of Reaper Miniatures, but Talon Games, we were in charge of it and ran it and everything like that. Okay. And then uh, have just kept going from there.
1: So, right. And was the Cav 2 Kickstarter, that was Talon Games still too? That, was, still,
2: that was completely, yes. We did that actually under our own name. At that,
1: so. All right. Well, and then here we are now, right, getting ready to come up on – a CAV 3 Kickstarter?
2: CAV 3 Kickstarter, yeah. September 19th, 12 o'clock Central Time.
1: Central Time. And then, uh, what can you tell us about what's coming in with the Kickstarter if you wanted to give a little promotion on it?
2: Well, uh, obviously we're going to have more mechs. Um, I mean, that's, that's what we are. Um, CAV is a combined arms game though. So, uh, while CAVs are certainly the, the quarterback, uh, of the, and uh, the prom king. You know, infantry, aircraft, vehicles, they have just as important role in the game. So the Kickstarter, we're going to have more vehicles. We're going to have more aircraft. Uh, we're adding some terrain elements uh, that can be used for, for CAV uh, or other 10-millimeter-based uh, games or different scales. I, a lot of it, when you get into that 18 to 15-millimeter range, a lot of that stuff kind of cross-pollinates pretty easy mm-hmm. with that. Okay. Yeah. And then of course, if every, if anybody's seen the previews of the broadsword dropship.
0: Yes, that thing is so impressive. I yeah. Wait. Excited, <laughs> excited for that thing.
2: Yes. I, that is uh, going to be the, the, the cap piece uh, for the Kickstarter. So we hope to get to that as a, as a stretch goal. It is as big as it looks in the pictures. It's about 18 inches long, about 10 inches wide. Uh, what's it inch- made out of? Uh, it will be PVC plastic. Um, There may be some styrene elements in it as well. Um, I don't know. We're still kind of working with the manufacturer as to how it's going to all come together. Um, My hope is that maybe the side doors will actually open. Mm. Um, That'd be amazing. Yes. So it'll be as we get there. There's a lot of uh, time going to be involved to tweak that to, to get where we are. Uh, and before we want to jump that far into it, we want to make sure we're going to be building them, So.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm so excited for that, uh, Cav 3. I missed the other two and I definitely would have backed them knowing hindsight is 2020, but I would have, <laughs> I would love loved to back those ones. So I can't wait for this one. Uh, are we going to get some more of the, uh, some of the, uh, factions don't have as much of the cabs as others, such as the Temple, the Templars there and the, uh, right. and
2: yeah, the Principality. We have- and- we have really, uh, this one is spun around the Templars and the Malvernans. No, no. Uh, so that's the two that we're going to be focusing on as far as, uh, the Cavs and so forth. The air, we're going to have aircraft from pretty much every faction in there because the, all, all the factions are little aircraft, uh, weak right now. Yes. Uh um, if we get, if it, if it blows up and we've got more than, than we know what to do with, um, we have some standby models. I'd like to work in there too. Some of the Amethyril. Um, we've got about a dozen models there, uh, that, that need to be done. Um, but we'll just kind of see how, how it, uh, how it flows. You know, you're familiar with how a Kickstarter does. So yeah, and, definitely uh, <laughs> the, the more it grows, the bigger it goes, the more stuff that we can keep throwing in there.
1: Uh, now are you going to, uh, with infantry, are you guys going to stick with the, the kind of just generic? We infantry are Jake style, and then yeah. Just,
2: there's infantry is is uh, kind of tricky, and there's just trying to do faction-based infantry at this scale. I, I think right now that we've got different resources that we can work uh, on yeah. rather than go back and do that.
0: Yeah, now, you could do a lot with paint, anyways, so Any any changes yeah, you uh, need, yeah. To that, them up in
1: that sense, I don't, I don't think it's, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, yeah, because you can always just add. Faction rules and then just keep generic stands
2: yeah yeah It uh, uh we are going to come back at some point uh, we've done light we've got light infantry we've got powered infantry we don't have the heavy infantry yet um so we'll do we'll be doing those uh but we've ha- so far we've kept the infantry in metal so um they're they're small enough and now that we we've, we've got plastic bases and stuff that the the cost trade-off is not enough to to really try to um Put that in plastic, and something that small in PVC doesn't necessarily transfer very well either. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'd love to yeah. see a uh, mounted infantry too. The idea of uh, jet bikes or motorcycles or that kind of stuff in that scale well, would be very cool,
2: right? And we've got we've actually got some preliminary drawings of some of that with kind of uh, anti-grav scooters and motorcycles and. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, that's
0: the kind of stuff. Yeah, to fill it out, yeah. that'd, that'd be amazing. But like I say, focus on the calves. Once you once you fill up that. You get all those out, then you can expand.
2: Yes, and and I've always I've always I've always wanted to do uh, either an alien version of or horse-mounted infantry, just for mm. some some backwards planet scenario or something. So,
1: <laughs> so speaking of mounted infantry, uh, I was when I was reading the rules, there was a note that was cut off in the book, and I was hoping maybe you can.
2: You know, I do remember you saying that, and and actually, you would be the first one that's ever caught that because I <laughs> it's not, that has not
1: come up before. Because it's a it's a note, and it just really literally cuts off. I'm like, well, what 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 can it not do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's uh, Pat's used to reading, have, having to read books and see all the mistakes in them. So,
2: well, you know, it is our it's our first one, and and. Uh,
1: Oh yeah, not even a criticism. I just I, I just, I just want to know what all that right. says. Oh, no, I, we, we,
0: I, once again, I've seen much worse, uh, with uh, spelling mistakes and stuff in right. other books. This, this one so far is, uh, it's been perfect.
1: And if, and if it's just yeah. one, and it's just the one out of the whole book. So which is.
2: Well, what's funny is, uh, and I, I, I've laid out some books before, but this is the first one that I, that I've done. Well, the second one I've done the plenary. I, I actually did a game back at. In the early 2000s called Cry Havoc, H-A-V-I-C, um, which was a softback book that I, rule set that I released with, uh, some 28 millimeter figures. But, uh, um, after you look at a set of, when you've written on something for a year, for two years, it, it all makes sense to you in right. your head. <laughs> and, and you look at something and I think you fill in some blanks sometimes. And then uh when it actually comes out to print, you're like, oh wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. So uh where where are we at? Where where did you find that at?
1: Page fifty-three. Okay. Under the mountain dismount action, right above the picture. Okay. Under motorized infantry, it says note. Infantry models with this type of transfer are not required to use the mount dismount action before conducting, and then it just ends.
2: Um I believe my understanding of that and I'll have to go back and double check against my original, uh, deal. So I'm sorry for getting on the hot seat and not having the exact answer. Oh, don't worry about it. But I believe is they can, if they were riding that, that mount to a certain area on the board and then they wanted to dismount, like to go inside of a building or something like that, mm-hmm. that they're not required to use the mount or dismount action, which would cost them an action point in order to Change over to that mode. So
1: they can basically dismount for free. Correct. Okay. That's, yeah. That, that makes sense and also clarifies motor, motorized infantry, you know, cause that's kind of their deal.
2: Right. Yeah. For the, you know, this is just a matter of jumping off, uh, you know, raising their leg and they're, you know, they're not waiting for a, a door to open up or a ramp or something like that. So they're able to, to move from their mechanized uh, transport to ground transport back and forth without paying for that action.
1: Oh, see now now I want more of those.
2: <laughs> my, my, what I would imagine is probably that picture is probably on top of <laughs> on, of, on that top that of text. To text. Yes, that would be my guess if where we screwed that up. So yeah,
1: uh, yeah. Uh,
0: in the future, are you planning to do more books? Cause, uh, like for scenarios or even an expansion kind of books? We right are. now, this is the only uh, book, right? Is this the only book available?
2: This is the only book. Um, yeah. we are trying to, um, uh, I, I am not big on the, um, which is kind of funny because I've got a couple of ugly emails not too, too long ago about it, but I'm not the kind of guy. I don't want to try to push you 20 books. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need to give you a book to uh, have a rule of when your guy can go to the bathroom. Uh, so, you know, and there's some games that are out there like that. Um, no names mentioned, but we all know. which ones. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. sure. <laughs> So, you know, um, and, and also I don't want to pump out. I know everybody, especially the Battletech crowd likes the, um, the background. The the nitty gritty and, and stuff like that. And we want to do some of that. But again, I don't want to go. I don't want to be pushing books um, just so that we have a book to sell you every month. Um, you know, that it's some kind of a cow that we can just keep milking uh, over and over and over and just say the same thing in a different way. Yeah. So I, I want to make sure that the books that we're doing are unique and specific to what they're trying to do. We do want to push out more uh, background information. Um the two books that we're working on right now is we are doing a new journal of recognition, uh which is a um guide uh in the universe to find out all the nitty gritty information about the, the, the units, the models that your enemy are fielding. Uh so it's kind of set up from a pilot's perspective on, you know, how what makes what's the nuts and bolts of that guy and what makes him work. Um we it's had sort of, capital. Sort of. un-
0: Oh, sorry yeah. for that one. Nodes is going to have pictures of all the different calves, and then it you be, can. Yes, it'll be a full oh, collar. That'd
2: be crazy. Uh, yeah, it'll be a hardback we're, everything will be, everything we do now is full collar, uh, hardbacks. I uh, guess
1: speaking on that then with the CAV, um, uh, as of right now, <clears throat> there are some data cards up on your talent website. Yes. Uh, but not all the CAV have a, have a card. Is that with this book that we're just talking about? Would no, that kind of replace no, all that?
2: We yeah? are. I'm in the, pro- Here, here's how the color data cards came by is when we originally started out, we did, well, let me back up a little bit to Cab one We did data cards for all the CAVs that we had at the time or were, or were working on and put them in the back of the book. There's probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 pages that were uh, allocated for data cards in the original Cab one Okay. Okay. We released the book three weeks after the book came out. We realized we had screwed up on a calculation and every card in there is wrong. No, no. no, no, no. <laughs> so I did not want to, when we did the new cab book, I didn't want to have that same situation. Yeah. I didn't want to a bunch of pages on cab files. And then lo and behold, we've made changes, which we have, uh, and then invalidate all those cards and waste all those pages.
0: Uh, yeah, anytime and, you have to uh, FAQ anything, all of a sudden those cards become useless.
2: Right. So you've got a big chunk of the book that we could have used for something else. So, so I didn't want to do that. And in this day and time, you know, ninety nine percent of the world has access to a computer, can print out a PDF, and go to their library or whatever. So we 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 put them all up online uh, for for the original ones that we did, and went from there. Um, we had a program that, that did a little black and white card and everything, and, and you know we thought the world was round. Uh, I did some color cards uh, to use for demos, and because um, one of the things that that a lot of people had talked about was um, they wanted they didn't want full pages of a record sheet, so we tried to keep them as small as we could, so you could have, you know, because Cavs about a lot of models on the board, so you know we didn't want you to have a stack of 20 pages worth of uh, cards that you we were trying to keep track of. Um, but after we started doing the color cards, uh, which were a little larger, about four to a page, a lot of people were like, hey, we think these are really cool. Uh, can you do more of them? Well, we can, um, but we don't really have any way to do them quick. So I actually have to go in and hand lay out every card, yeah, yeah. hand type every stat out, okay, So I've tried to I've tried to work on them as I can and get that filled up. I it's on my list to get further involved with that (laughs) and and get all the cards. And I'm I'm really hoping by the end of the Kickstarter in October that I will have all the cards caught up for uh, everything that's currently available and that will be in that's coming out in the new Kickstarter. So the the color cards are on the way. Um, uh, but that's where that where that's where that comes from.
0: Do you ever think of uh, selling those as almost a card deck that you could uh, put out? Well, right. and
2: I, we, it's one of those things that it's it's uh, I I would like to. Uh, there are people that have asked for it, but I don't know if we're at the level mm-hmm. to make it economical enough to do it uh, yeah. to not be able to yeah. charge, not have to charge you a hundred dollars for a deck of yeah. cards.
1: Because yeah. as of right now, I think just the the force manager. Is kind of where you can see all the mechs in one spot.
2: Yes. Yeah. Everything, the force manager, the construction program, everything is current in there. It's got every, it's got stats for stuff that hasn't even been released. It's got stats for, uh, there were models that were done, uh, originally that really doesn't fit into the current structure that we're trying to do or that we're doing redesigns, but people still have them in metal and like to use them. So there's, there's actually cards in there. Uh, so if you yeah. want to use them, uh, they're still available in there. So, yes. And, the, and, the the drawback though is it is a PC only program.
1: I was just going to ask any 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 chance that that might show up in a, a Mac OS form, usable form, I guess. Nobody I uses Macs.
0: Come on. You
1: I, I am a cross- I have a PC. I'm I'm quite happy with it. <laughs> I'm a I'm a cross platformer. So <laughs> while I I don't hate the Mac. My traveling, my, my laptop is a Mac. So when I'm not at home, I can't use the force manager.
2: <laughs> right. You know, that'll be if, if somebody volunteers and, yeah. and wants to do that, we will do what we have to do to share source files with them to build. All
1: right. You heard that guys. Anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you got some kind of programming skills
2: and, or an a- I Android such-
1: version would be nice too, actually.
2: Well, and I don't want to jump the gun on a on a fellow. I've got a guy that is building a web based.
1: Yeah, that, well, there you go. oh, web based. What do yeah, web based yeah. solve all problems? That solves actually. everything. Yeah.
2: And I would say he's about two thirds done. Okay. So uh, I'm hoping that that will be coming along pretty quick. Uh, yeah. Web I've seen a couple of of uh, versions of it so far, and it's it's pretty impressive what he's got.
1: Okay, nice. so more power to you, web based guy. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, one other question I have too is with rules here, uh, John. Now, uh, uh, so just recently I played a couple games with a good friend of mine here in town and we were just kind of learning nuances, you know, and we had a great time, let me just say, and we enjoyed the game immensely. Good. Uh, we were using the cheat sheets and then we had come across, and I can't, for the life of me, I can't find it now. Uh, the cheat sheet was, different than the rule in the book and so I guess for clarifications sakes which which should take over as far as correct well, book or cheat the, sheet
2: the cheat sheet is correct because the cheat sheet is based off the latest version of errata
1: all right so anything in the cheat sheet should overrule what's in the book
2: yes if you've got the latest version of the cheat sheet um, then that that would that should be based off the the version that's on the website right now is based off the Errata, and uh, that would be the correct one to use.
1: Okay, perfect.
2: Nice.
1: So next time we play, we'll uh, just use the cheat sheets and whatever is on the cheat sheet it will go. Uh, but the cheat sheet's spectacular, especially with all the special abilities. There's a, a, a sometimes the special abilities can get a little daunting when when you're first learning how to play, but and the cheat sheet makes that, that helps out a lot with that.
2: It does, and and that's a, a good aspect that we just added to the force manager as well. Um, if you print your army list out, it will actually print out a oh, sheet. Nice.
1: Yeah, I, just, I and I trust me, I, I make sure that printed every time we played.
2: <laughs> yes, it ju- and it just has the essays that you're going to need. So, yeah. Uh, so that that helps a lot, and it is because you know Caval has a kind of an almost of a deck building kind of element to it. Yes. Uh, because you're you're trying to find the right models to support each other. And, and that's one of the things that I really like about CAV is as opposed to some other games that I played out there is, um, you know, if in some games, a, a, a light mech and a assault mech, if they both have a medium laser, they're really the same thing, just one has more armor. So uh, as opposed to in CAV, the little guys have their role, the big guys have their role, the fire support guys have their role. So there's things that they are better at, and worse at, um, so you know the trick is to build those to support one another, and uh, uh that's the biggest thing that I see with players when they're switching over from BattleTech uh, and trying out CAV is they try to play CAV as they would play BattleTech.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I fell victim to that in the f- our first game. Uh, that is
2: that is a kiss of death. Yeah, the minute uh, that little light recon out in the middle of the board and he's the only guy to be shot at, <laughs> it, it doesn't work.
1: <laughs> uh, and that was, and I, let me just say that when we played, my friend John, uh, was also, uh, he's a big battle tech fan too. And we both kind of fell into that trap, but luckily enough, we were doing it at the same. So we were kind of an even footing. But the, the thing he loved the most is that the light mechs that he had were actually somewhat useful. He said, you know, like he goes, this is actually a key mech. I can't just sit in out there as fodder or, you know, for you to just take pot shots at. This thing actually is a you know with its recon and its ECM and all that stuff you know it's it's kind of important like, so it I, I can't just use, let it, yeah. yeah I can't let it sit out there and just take shots
2: right his job is not to run out there and just try to shoot somebody in the back
1: no unless so. he's your, unless he's your last man <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah so uh that's the one one of the things that we really enjoyed about Cav was the fact that there is a a, a part and a place for every one of those. So when you're building your your strike your strike what do we call them strike force squad force or your group. squad force group force group when you're building your force group, uh, you have to put a lot of a, a lot of a thought into the the synergy that goes with each one of those mechs. Yes. So yes. that and, was th- and, th- thoroughly enjoyable.
2: And you'll see a lot of, and there's actually reasons that you know that you'll see a lot more repeat. That's reason you know we're not going to have a thousand different models down the road, you know, lots of times your squads will have two or three of the same, uh, models, you know, uh, we'll probably do down the road, we'll do some more variants, uh, that way you can keep using the same model. And luckily with the plastic, if you, if you really want to be that, uh, accurate, it's, it's not bad to have to cut arms or change things out on, on, um, everything. That's, that's one of the things that, uh, I, I get people back in when we did metal calves, uh, we sold weapon packs. uh, so we could, could change arms out and do things like that. But the weapon packs sold for eight, 10, $12 a pack. Well, you know, in plastic, because of the way that they're cast, all the figure comes in, in one piece. So there's no, we don't overcast arms or, you know, for every miniature, there's legs, body. Two arms, okay. So if I take arms away from something, then I've got two extra parts. Yeah, extra bodies, yeah. yeah. So we can't sure. really do weapon packs like that like we used to do. But like I try to explain to them, I said instead of we're talking four and five dollar plastic figures now. So rather than go out right. and pay the ten or twelve dollars that you were Just paying buy an for extra capital, figure, yeah. buy the figure, cut the arms <laughs> off, and have the extra pieces. to do Yeah, whatever. and
1: I will say being in plastic oh. helps out a lot because uh, I picked up someone's first the Cab One Kickstarter off of eBay. Yes, and then one of the mechs in the packs came with two right arms. Yes. <laughs> so uh, and so what I did to fix the problem is I just cut the gun uh, because right. the shoulder part was bidirectional, and I just flipped the gun around, and you know I had a left arm, and it, and it looks fine. You couldn't tell. As a matter of fact, I think I've forgotten which mech it is now, and I can't I can't tell the difference.
2: Well, you know, and that that's unfortunately that's a drawback from the uh, doing them the way that we do them and the plastic and the quantity. Between Kickstarter 1 and Kickstarter 2, we shipped out almost 350,000 models. Wow. So, you know, when you're doing those kind of numbers, uh, we do have that happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. Again, like I said, not uh, a criticism. It, Any Anybody that has that, please contact us. Uh, you can get our address off the website, uh, and we will fix that.
1: Uh, or you can just, you know, since it's plastic, it's easy enough to fix yourself. Or, or if you
2: just want to make your own variant or do, do, we, do We, I see, I've seen a couple of people even to the point of, uh, changing out legs and stuff like that. They, they, most of the models tend to be more symmetrical, so it's, it's not as hard to do that sometimes.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I so. mean, that's part of the hobby. So that's the thing I like, so. And
0: yeah, that's uh, another thing about Cav is that, uh, you can make your own mechs too. Like, you have all the rules built in to create your own versions of these things too so that's that's very interesting
2: there is a construction system as well uh if you want to do that or if you want to modify it's it's a pretty simple the way that it's set up um but we have uh, uh point wise we have just played the living hell out of it and, and it's held up pretty good so um you're always going to run into some weird uh situations especially if you're playing against somebody with a lot of figures you know there's a certain quality to quantity. Uh, you know, so if there's three of you and 50 of them, you know, it's the, the, any, any, uh, points based system can, can, uh, can't take into account the, just the mass of (laughs) dice rolls that somebody's going to get for that many figures. But, uh, and, and that's one of the things you do need to watch out with, uh, with infantry. Infantry is cheap or can't be cheap. Um, so you, you know, you, you obviously, you want to have, uh, have those in the game when you're needed, but. If you've got somebody that's decided to buy 300 squads worth of infantry to take them, <laughs> just go ahead and tell him that you've got better things to do with the rest of your day.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's always about your opponent. You don't want to play the kind of people that would make that kind of list.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Are we still moving infantry? It's been two hours. Come on. Guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I have actually one other question, and this is just for myself. On ECM and active phase ray, John? Yes. The third option, it says can fire one or more anti-radiation guided missiles? Yes. Uh, Where is the stat for the anti-radiation guided missiles?
2: Well, it's actually in the back in upgrades um, because you have to buy the missile. It's as an alternate ammo.
1: Oh, okay. So if if you have an ECM, you still have to buy the, the guided missile?
2: Right. Well, no, you have you have normal guided missiles, but you can you can upgrade and and also be equipped with harm missiles, which is oh. uh, just a variant of the guided missile. And uh, we did make some tweaks to that. That's in the latest errata. So basically, if you have harm, you know, normally you would have to um, spend an action to target lock, uh, uh-huh. fire a guided missile. Harm missiles give you a free target lock. Okay. So it saves you an action point if, if they're using, if somebody's got active ECM or uh, active phase array out there, you can also choose to fire your guided missiles at them with an automatic target lock. Okay. That's good. All right.
0: That I did plays. see those harm missiles and that, it never clicked in. That's, uh, that's what harm means. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. Yeah. Anti-radiation missiles. So. <laughs> Sometimes and, I get caught in the weeds. I like I'm a I'm a military guy so I like that. No, that's the, that, that that's a lever for
0: sure.
2: <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I have to be careful. That was the the first version of the game that we put out for people to, to uh to play. They were they were down on all the uh abbreviations. Why do you have all well it makes perfect sense to me, but you know, I'm sorry, you guys are not used to it, so I, I had to kinda of come back and simplify the uh how we our naming system for some of our weapon systems.
0: Yeah. Yeah, But it adds, uh, adds flavor too. Cause it is, these are militaries fighting each other. So you get into the, once you get into it, you understand it. And that's, that's all that matters.
2: Well, I, I love that space opera, that hard sci-fi, you know, uh, I was space above and beyond, you know, Robotech, uh, space, 1999, those type of.
1: Yeah. It shows, and it shows in the fluff.
2: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not big on the whole, uh, um, crazy, uh, fantasy, yeah. sci-fi kind of, kind of systems. So I'm I a Star like the... guy, not a Star Trek guy. So yeah, <laughs> but I do like the
0: races and everything in this. It, that adds a lot of a flavor too. Cause it's not just factions. You also have different species that that's really interesting to me also.
2: And you know, that's the hardest part about a sci-fi game. Um, when we, you know, I can understand why a lot of games stay away from alien races because um to be alien, you sometimes have to come up with stuff that is so out of the box that that us as humans we just can't wrap our heads around mm-hmm. um so that was kind of a trade-off um, with the game is obviously we have alien races, but when you see the way that their units are named and their structures and and you know we've tried to Throw some alien terminology and stuff in there, but they still have a lot of of human nomenclature to them, and yeah, uh,
0: they're, they're, they do remind me of the Star Trek kind of aliens. They're still they're still aliens, but they're humanoid aliens with you right can, you can understand them at least and get into their character. It's not so out of the the reach that you don't understand what they're coming where they're coming from or what they're doing.
2: Right? Yeah. Because if you go back and use again a Star Trek as example, you know everybody remembers the Klingons and the Vulcans and mm-hmm. and uh, the Romulans, but you know, the, the guys that were, you know, the little aliens in the wall or whatever that called us, you know, bags of mostly water, you know, nobody goes out and <laughs> wants to play those guys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, let me see. I want to be the amoebas. Let me go for it.
0: Yeah. I want to be the uh, rock guy. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the, our, our philosophy behind that is the rule book and the way we present everything is being presented to you, uh, through human uh terminology uh, so that everybody can wrap their head around it so yeah it's it's a trade-off you know i'd love to be more alienish but i have found that when you get too far out of the box people are like that just is too weird for me
0: yeah and especially with the mech game it's about the mechs it's not about the races That's just add That just right. a little extra flavor
2: right right
1: all right so john um We're getting close to the end here. So why don't we, uh, let's find out where can people find you in the future as far as shows are concerned?
2: Well, um, you know, we're, we just got done, uh, with the, the scheduling for this year. Um, I don't know that we're going to do any more this year. Um, we're, we're building that schedule, um, at shows next year. I know that my plan is I want to hit a lot more of the smaller regional shows then mm-hmm. the big shows that we did this year because um at the big shows there's just so much out there anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's just you just get lost in the uh uh the minutia of it all. Um uh, we we had, you know, big booth presence and 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 games and stuff like that, but the 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 way that the big shows look at things now and stuff like that is has really changed in the last 10 years. And I don't know that we'll probably do as many of it uh, next year and do more of the uh, smaller things. Because we did uh, this year, you know, we did uh, we did Adepticon and then we came back up there the next month and did Little Wars. And, uh, you know, Adepticon, I think five, six thousand people. Little Wars was probably 800 people like that. Um, and we just blew the doors off of what we did at Adepticon as far as sales and players and, 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 uh, excitement and people that was involved. Um, and, and we've seen that we just came from doing ReaperCon, uh, overall in terms of sales and, and people, uh, there, um, that actually ended up being the biggest show we did all year. So, uh, you know, I want to, I, that's, we're really going to try to do a lot more of the smaller regional shows. Uh,
1: right. So then we probably chance. won't see you at Adepticon next year then?
2: Good chance at this point, maybe not. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah I, it I, sounds I, like, it
1: sounds like you'll do a Little Wars again though, at least, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. I definitely am going to be at Little Wars. Right. So Adepticon is we're kind of at the 50-50 mark right now. Um, the, the main problem we have with Adepticon is the vendor room is great. Um, getting events in um, is very, very hard. They yeah. are very, all about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are very, very focused on two or three games right now, and, and <laughs> if you're not doing those two or three games. They really don't seem to have much time for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, which is good <laughs> to them. I'm not trying to cause any political fallout. Screaming how horrible he thinks a is. Oh, <laughs> I, I understand their philosophy and where they're coming from and I, you gotta do what you gotta do, but it's not working for companies my size.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or even, uh, Pat's, even Mantic has issues with that too, and they're quite a bit larger. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I think, especially Adepticon is turning back to what it used to be instead of being all inclusive. And that's uh, disappointing, but, uh, I guess it's this natural way of things.
2: Yes. Well it, it it's it's cyclic. It'll it'll come back. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yep. uh, that was my prediction as I said they'll you can you can jump in bed with those two or three companies and it's all fine and dandy till they don't need you anymore. And then yeah. you're you're back <laughs> looking at us trying to save your show and they're like, uh yeah, let me remember how you did us. Yeah, so, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right. So then uh if someone was looking to see if you're gonna be in a in in an area near them. Uh, where would be the best place to go look? For we them? are,
2: I am in the process. I'm going to put together a, a convention page, uh, location page, uh, up on the website at talent-games.com. Um, uh, you on also, the
1: Facebook page at all?
2: On the Facebook, we'll put it, we'll, we'll have stuff up there as we get closer to it. Um, you can also get to our webpage through cabhq cabhq.com. that will take you directly to our website as well. Um, and, uh, we're planning on, we've got, uh, a lot of stores. To have asked us to come in. Nice.
1: Uh, good. That's, uh, that's,
2: that's, that's great. really good. Yep. That's awesome. We're in the process of putting together a demo and a league play system um, that we want to, to start introducing those at stores. So that's... Yeah. that's
1: now uh, that you've uh, said league play, uh, it, it just dawned on me. Like uh, in In the future, do you think you'll put together a campaign system so people can play in a campaign where they
2: we are uh we kind of got off off target with the books a little earlier but besides the journal of recognition we are also also working on a campaign book
1: nice. oh that's awesome. the second book okay. <laughs> yes yeah we never so, got back to it <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> full circle here we are
1: uh right, so that's good to know cuz uh, yes. campaign campaign play is huge for me
2: yes we want to flesh out how the upgrade system works it, right now it's kind of a generic just kind of throw everything in the pot uh we want to expand on the faction doctrines uh, we want to, to, uh, give you some more options and, and, and things like that, that you can use, uh, specific, uh, maybe some options even for mercenaries and security forces and pirates, things that they can, uh, take advantage of, uh, to use. Um, so that's a big, a big element that we want to put in the game. So that's that book. And, and then, uh, we also are going to be doing a flashpoint series. Uh, which are really where we're going to introduce a lot of the background, um, scenarios and everything like that. And those will just be free PDFs. and so You'll be able to download them. Oh, really? Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. Uh, keep an eye on TalonGames.com for locations, and uh, sh- upcoming shows that, uh, they will be at. So you can uh, and make check sure you in. get
2: the, make sure you get the hyphen in there. It's talent dash games.com. If
1: you go to
2: games, it goes off into a, uh <laughs> back in the day there was a company out in California that was doing um land games and mm-hmm. they they got the original um talon games domain and it's something totally something land game whatever yeah, yeah uh, computer stuff and then they they let it expire and a overseas company has got a hold of it <laughs> and uh wants a lot of money uh, to get it and uh so we are talon-games.com <laughs>
1: And then you have a redirect from cavhq.com.
2: Cavhq.com will get you to the same spot. as So e-
1: either one of those two. So check that out. Uh, upcoming September nineteenth, upcoming Kickstarter. Uh, check it out, Kickstarter.com. You're going to get some new mechs, some tanks, some infantry. You said flyers too, right, John?
2: There is. There's going to be a whole section of aircraft uh, in in this one as well, more so than what we've done in the uh, in the past.
1: So if you're looking to flesh out your, your forces here, cause I'm looking forward to getting some more aircraft for my rack. Is it rack? Is that how you guys pronounce that? It's actually rock. Rock. All right. Rock. Yes. Uh, and did you have something you were going to say, Rob?
0: Oh, I was going to say it's a uh, Cav Strike Operations HQ on Facebook. And then there's also a support group that had that both those places get lots of uh, great showing off people showing off their mechs and uh, a lot of cool paint jobs.
2: Other than our Facebook, uh, page there, uh, which is the, the CAV, C-A-V-S-O-H-Q, uh, on Facebook, uh, the rest of that's all fan-based. And, um, we've got, I've seen several new pages pop up here in the last couple of weeks, even. Nice. And, uh, uh, we just continue to grow every week. So I, I know, um, we, we're picking up new players and I, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I believe me, people, I, I, I'm listening to your emails. I know sometimes it's hard to find. Uh, somebody that's in your area at this time to maybe play with um, if you're not already part of a group or whatever, but uh, please contact us. I'll do whatever I can to help you with that and, and kind of give you some ideas with promotion. And, and uh, I've yeah, been in that same boat before, so I, you know, I know what it takes to build up a new game and we'll certainly help you with that. Yeah, well, it's you- an
0: issue with any game, trying to get people to play it. Like, like you say, there's certain games people, everyone plays, well, most people play and then, to get any kind of new game in, it's it's it takes a little bit of work, but it's it's usually worth it because all these other games are so much better than <laughs> the ones. Well, and
2: that's that's <laughs> always net, net games are a niche of a niche,
0: yeah. You know, that's right.
2: so uh, that makes it even even harder. But uh, but it seems like we have a very good dedicated. Once they play uh, and and start playing, they seem to stay with it. Uh, I think a lot more so than I see with some of the uh, game of the week players.
1: So, yeah. So on, on your website, are are you going to be continuing the, the rule book with the uh, uh, an included
2: faction? I'm, I'm sorry, do you want now? Uh
1: now? On your website, when you buy the rule book, you get to choose a yes. faction and, and you'll yes. continue that? Because okay. if you're looking to start the game and you mm-hmm. have just one other guy, that's a good way to get into the game with your friend because you're going to get four models to start to play and you're going to get the rule book. And, and for, at $40, that's, it's, uh, in my book, a steal.
0: Oh, it's ridiculous, yeah.
1: Um, all, the, so,
2: all the squads are about $20, $22 worth of figures. Uh, they are, they're in the game, what we call a special squad. Um, they're, so each, each squad has two attack, one fire support and one recon model. Oh, nice. yeah. uh, they all point out at about 2,500 points. So they're all equal forces to fight. And that's one of the things we, a lot of shows when, when we're there, you know, I always, if there's two of you, one of you buy the book, one of you buy, get their free squad and the other one spend $20 and buy another squad. Um, and you're ready to play against yeah. each other right away because they're point wise, uh, operation wise, they're all equal.
1: Yeah. And then once you, and once you play, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, uh, whoever you're playing with, if, you, if he's a, a friend of yours will probably go, okay, let's get into this. And then you just go from there.
2: And and worst case, if you really want to play and you're he's on the ropes, throw the game. Let him win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Let his mechs just run right over you.
2: Yeah, it's just, oh, what have I done wrong here?
1: <laughs> so okay, John. So one last thing since this is mobile armor radio, and you are tried and true battletech from the beginning, you said. Yes. Uh where do you sit on clans? Pro or against? <laughs>
2: I, I promised I wouldn't talk politics or religion. <laughs> uh you know, um I am a 30-25, yep. success war guy.
1: <laughs> yes. I, That's I us, feel yep. like,
2: I feel like they jumped uh the shark a little bit too quick. I think that there was a lot of things that we could have done uh and instead and played. And uh, I think that, that uh in the um, rush to put Going back to the book of the month kind of experience, mm-hmm. I think that they were too focused on um, putting books out. Um, it's hard to be a miniature company when you don't produce miniatures. Yeah, yeah, and and so that's what their forte was: is books. And I think that uh, it lost uh, something, and and then the the, the where it where it just kind of compounded upon that.
1: Right. <laughs> so, I- I agree, so you we're all in the same camp as far as that's concerned so
2: yeah like, like i said i I'm kind of fifty fifty on the clans. I think that i I think it in the earlier when it very first started I, I mean like i said i think we we got it too soon, but i I could see where they were coming from and and could make it work, but i think from from that point uh after they after thirty fifty five I think it uh yeah, yeah, got, got way too squirrely for me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly how I feel. So. That's a
2: good, that's a Kansas, Oklahoma term, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little squirrely.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, John, thank you for coming on.
2: Well, I appreciate uh, you guys. We have-
1: really appreciate it. And we'd love to have you on. If you got something coming up down the pipeline, feel free to reach out to us.
0: We'll okay. definitely talk uh-huh. about the uh, Kickstarter once it comes on. Maybe we'll have you back so, on to talk Well, about I was
2: going to say we're going to be running for 31 days. So if another show comes up and you guys mm-hmm. want me out, we got some stuff out to show on the Kickstarter. I'd love to come on and, and talk about a little more of that and try to, uh, beat that last penny out of every backer. So, sure.
1: <laughs> so September 19th, Kickstarter starts talent-games.com. Yes, sir. Uh, cab. It's awesome. Check it out. Uh, hear it out. Check out the Facebook pages. If you are just getting into it, get your models up there, man. I, I would love to personally see you post, uh, what your models are looking like. Uh, uh, half the fun uh, this hobby and this, in this type of gaming is, is looking at your models and seeing what people are doing. So, um, uh, at least for me, I, I love seeing other people's that, stuff. That's
2: so. half the hobby is, is the, uh, is the getting ready, the building the stuff. I love building terrain. Um, so, you know, we will always be looking at doing new terrain elements and stuff like that. But, you know, that, that, uh, fellowship. Of, of building that stuff and, and playing the games with your friends and showing off the the paint jobs and the stuff like that. That's, that's what we do the hobby for. And, uh, you know, we, we want to try to keep passing that on to, to new players.
0: Yeah. And the, awesome. the Cav community has been very welcoming and friendly. Like I've never, like there's other Facebook pages of other games I go to and there's times where they just are not welcoming at all. But so far, everybody in Cav on all the pages has been so nice and so supportive and anytime anybody has a question they'll answer it as best they can or they'll point you to the right spot like it's it's a really nice community and i hope it stays that way and cav cav uh, fans are the most vocal like we we do all different games but the cav ones they man those guys they're always (laughs) demanding more cav content
1: (laughs) so that's and that's great so all right John, again, thank you very much. Everything you do is great. Uh, I love the game. Uh, looking to add more models now. Uh, next time I have some free time to play. Uh, my friend already bought into, bought a, a huge lot off of eBay. He got the rule book from you guys. He's read through it. We're ready playing a day to get together and play again. So, uh, uh, I'm excited.
2: Well that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Make sure you download download the errata. We have changed a few things. So Yes,
1: I do. I have that I have a special folder with all my
2: <laughs> most of it's FAQ, just better explanations, but there has been two or three notable notable uh rule changes uh from the original book. But uh, but yes, make sure that you that you've got that. And like I so said, I appreciate you guys having me on and everything that you've done and I'll certainly do whatever I can to support you guys.
1: No worries. We appreciate that very much. So all right talent-games.com September 19th Kickstarter check it out uh, and uh, we'll see you guys at the beginning of the month again with episode 4 this will be 3.5 correct?
0: yep
1: 3.5 and uh, we should have this out before the 19th yes?
0: oh yeah this will be out okay quick.
2: it's easy to all add right. no, there was no swearing there was no <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: all good alright so all right. again thanks a lot guys and thank and, you like, John and
2: I appreciate everybody out there that plays cab I appreciate the support
1: Alrighty. Awesome. This has been
0: Mobile Armor Radio. Join our Facebook group by searching for Mobile Armor Radio. Find us on Twitter at M Armor Radio. Find us on iTunes and visit our website, mobilearmorradio.podbeam.com. Join us on the first of every month for more Mecha discussion.